Good morning, Parkway Church. How y'all doing today? Good. I'm so glad you're here with us. My name is Mike. I'm the senior pastor here. And whether you're gathered at Parkway Port Lavaca, Parkway Lone Tree, Parkway Online, or Parkway Victoria, we are so glad that you're along for the journey. We are walking through the Bible together, and we've been on this journey for a year and a half now. We've walked through the Old Testament together. We're walking through the New Testament now together. We're looking now at Paul's letters to the church. It's God's personal message to people like you and me. And we're going to dig in today in the book of Ephesians. So if you brought your Bible, you can open up with Ephesians chapter 1. No Bible, no worries. We'll put the words up on the screen for you for the Bible verses. You can also download the Parkway app and follow along. You get the idea, Parkway Lone Tree in Fort Lavaca. We want you to download the Parkway app. I think that's about the 16th time this service we've said download the Parkway app. If I say it one more time. Everybody's going to download the Parkway app. I think you know we want you to get that. You got it? In fact, if you download the Parkway app, it'll say thanks for downloading the Parkway app. That's the last time I'm going to say download the Parkway app. That is 20 times in one service. Ladies and gentlemen, we are glad you're here. I don't know where that came from. It's just what happened right here. Anyway, as we jump into Scripture today, I want to help us see who we are in Christ. I want us to help us rethink a piece of life that will help us rethink and see every area of life differently. When I was in college, I went to an organization at my school, and they would bring speakers in. It was a Christian organization. They would bring speakers in, and they would like serve us free lunch, and then the, the speaker, the pastor, would talk, and they would teach you from the Bible, and, and it was a really cool time because you got free food, and then you got fed from the Word of God. That's how it worked, Wednesdays at noon. And one of the pastors that came in, his name was Ken Huggins, and Ken eventually became a good friend and a mentor of mine. Ken eventually became a partner in ministry as I worked with him and for him there at a church in Huntsville. I served four years in Huntsville at Sam Houston State, not at the prison, right? <laughs> four years in Huntsville. And one of the things Ken said after every one of his talks, he would finish his talk and he would pray and then he would look up at us, you know, these 18-year-olds, these these seniors, like 23-year-olds, the especially seniors, the 33-year-olds in the room, right? He would look at everybody, all these college students and say, remember who you are and remember whose you are. It was almost as though if we could remember those two things, then we could live our life as young adults and we could live our life as people that were seeking to please and honor God. We could live our life with that simple grid in mind. Remember who you are and remember whose you are. And today, as we think about what God's going to teach us from the book of Ephesians, that's what I want you to know. I want you to, to rethink everything in life except for this truth. Remember who you are and whose you are, because it will reshape all of your life. Have y'all ever heard the expression, don't believe everything you hear? Of course you have, right? I love what Abraham Lincoln said in the day of the internet, we really need this. Abraham Lincoln said, don't believe everything you hear on the internet. (laughs) In today's day and age, we need to test everything we hear, and then I'm also going to add a little twist to it today. Don't believe everything you hear think. It's not just what is coming from the outside world into our ears that we need to process and question. 
But in light of who we are and whose we are, we need to look at what we think. In this series, Mastermind, it's all about how we can look at our lives and our patterns of thought and change some things, tweak some things, adjust some things, reformat some things, so that our lives are different. That's where we're going together. See, in our minds, we all have this, we all have this echo chamber. We have this series of thoughts and ideas that have been placed in our mind, a series of thoughts and ideas that replay themselves over and over and over again. Some of those are positive, some of those are negative, but we have this life message, this echo chamber that bounces around in our head, and these thoughts feed themselves and add to each other, and all of a sudden, one thought becomes a way of life because this echo chamber between our ears. Growing up, the echo chamber that, that, that I created, in the theme that I created, the thing that I needed to rethink was that I had to be perfect. My house, my family loved for things to be in the right place and be done at the right time and be done the right way. They absolutely loved it. My mom didn't like it when our tennis shoes uh, were, were like grass stained at all. My mom would literally get shoe polish and polish our white Nikes if they had any green on them. Like I could be wearing them out playing in the yard and mom is dragging behind with shoe polish. Like see that, that moment tells me I gotta be perfect. And then my dad, whenever we had dinner, and my parents were good, loving people, so don't hear me bashing mom and dad, but when we had dinner together, my dad would say, put your hand in your lap. What, are you gonna eat like that when you're out on a business meal? I'd be like, dad, I'm six, right? But there was, this, there was this essence of needing to be perfect to be in our house. And, and so this, this idea of perfection, you know, you go to a competitive high school in Sugarland, and you're surrounded by these students that are all chasing a goal. And so over and over again, it was reinforced, Mike needs to be perfect. 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 Perfection is what Mike should chase. Perfection is what Mike should chase. Perfection, anything short of it is failure. Perfection, you see the echo chamber and how that could build in your life? And one of the things that I had to process is that perfection is impossible. What is it in your life? What's the echo chamber that keeps flowing through your life? You keep hearing it again and again. Maybe it's an echo chamber that your ex started. You never met their standards. You don't meet anybody's standards. Your standards are too low. Your standards need to change. What is it? What's the echo chamber? Maybe there's a boss that has said something in your past that you keep replaying. You'll never reach your full potential. I'll never reach my full potential. I can't have my full potential. I'll never know my full potential. Why can't I reach my full potential? I'm a loser. I can't reach my full potential. See how that echo chamber, echo chamber works? You look at what you're thinking, and you begin to ask the question, is what I'm thinking lining up with the two things that matter most, who I am and whose I am? We're going to see this as we study the book of Ephesians together. The book of Ephesians was written by the Apostle Paul to a church in a town called Ephesus. Paul planted this church on his third journey to tell people about Jesus. And he loved this church. He liked all the churches he planted. I mean, he came and he preached the word and people believed in Jesus and then they formed churches, right? That's what it's meant when we say he planted the church. Well, he planted this church in Ephesus and he stayed there for two years. It was his longest stopping point. 
And he stayed there and he preached and he taught day and night. He knew these people and he loved these people. When it came time for Paul to continue his journey, the Bible says that the leaders of the church, Paul and the elders of the church, they were holding each other, crying, falling on each other's necks. They were so sad to see this season change, the season pass with Paul preaching and teaching and leading people to Christ there in Ephesus. And this book of Ephesians gives us a beautiful picture of who we are and whose we are. And that's what we're going to dig into today. It speaks to the very foundation, the very formation of our faith, and the, the very truth of God that we are building our lives on. Every aspect of my life and your life is addressed with this question. What's that thought pattern that's replaying in your head over and over again, healthy or not? What's that echo chamber that's playing in your head over and over and over again? Because you will see that what you are believing in your head, what you are thinking with your mind, is affecting how you live, both in your obedience to God and in relationships with people. What's that thing in life that you need to think and rethink? It begins with this, and you can fill in the first blank. It begins with rethinking who you are. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, a part of God's reformatting, a part of God's retooling, a part of God's transforming your life is you rethinking who you are. No matter your age, no matter your life stage, the question is this, who am I in Jesus? And Paul is writing to the church. Listen to what he writes, Ephesians 1, 1 through 2. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul, who's an apostle of God, because it was God's will for him to tell others about Jesus. He's writing to the holy and faithful people in Ephesus. He's writing to the church. He's writing to people like you and like me who have a relationship with Jesus based on their faith. In this church, there was some really unique things that happened. In the book of Acts, when this church was planted, the word of God was so clearly preached and people accepted it so freely that sorcerers, people that practiced witchcraft, like they believed in Jesus and they went like away from sorcery and witchcraft in such a way that they, they burned all their, their, like their, like their, their sorcery menus, the recipes, they burned their books, right? And then there was also a, like a riot in town because the, the message of Christ was even affecting their economic system. This was a place where God had worked powerfully. I, I've never seen like somebody burn the books when it comes to sorcery. I've never seen a riot in a town because of what Jesus is. I've never seen a move like that. But these people had. And Paul is writing to them, and he's going to remind them first of who they are in Christ. Ephesians 1 verse 3. Listen to this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in, in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. First, he says, I'm writing to the church in Ephesus, faithful and holy people. I'm writing to you. And then he says, praise be to the Father and Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Those are believers. That's you, that's me. That's you, that's me. That's me, that's you. 
He's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Friends, when we say who we are in Jesus, it starts with the fact that we are believers who have been given every spiritual blessing in Jesus. You and I aren't believers who have been given almost every blessing in Jesus. We are believers who have been given every spiritual blessing in Jesus. You and I aren't believers who have almost all that we need to live a life that's good and godly. You and I have everything and all that we will ever need to live a good and godly life. You are one who has been blessed by God with every spiritual blessing. Whatever that echo chamber plays out in your mind from the past is replaced by this. And if you keep reading Ephesians 1 through 3.10, you see that in Christ, you are chosen. There is power in being chosen by God. And God has chosen you to be holy, the Bible says. God has chosen you so that you will live a different, changed, committed life to him. When you know that you're chosen despite who you are, oh, that frees you to live a life that honors God. Might surprise you, but when it came time, as I was growing up, it came time to pick the basketball teams in gym class. I wasn't the first person chosen to fill the basketball roster in gym class. Is that a surprise to you? In fact, it might come down to the end, me and a girl, and she gets chosen, and they're like, well, we gotta, somebody's got to take the short one. Do, do you realize that when it comes to God choosing us, he didn't choose us because we would bring something to the team. He didn't choose us because of our perceived strengths. He chose us because of who he is. And he chose us to be holy. Second thing we know is we keep reading Ephesians 1, 3 through 10. Not only did God choose us, but God predestined us to be adopted as sons and daughters. So God chose us to have a relationship with him, and he predestined us in Christ to be his sons or daughters. Look at the intimacy that God is building between you and him when you say yes to Jesus. Look at the intimacy God is building. He is making you a son or a daughter. Not only does he make us a son or a daughter because we're predestined to be adopted, but God also redeems us by the power of his blood. If you read in Ephesians chapter 1, 3 through 10, you're going to see that we have been redeemed. We've been bought. The price has been paid for you and for me. And it's Christ's blood that makes us right with God. If your echo chamber is anything like mine that says perfect, 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 you've got to be perfect, then the reality that you've been chosen by God and predestined by God and redeemed by God, not based on your perfection, but based on His, is the most freeing news you could ever hear today. See, one of the reasons it was so easy for me to say yes to Jesus when I believed, it's because His perfection covers my imperfection. I am redeemed by his blood. I am forgiven by his grace. Let this sink in. If you have believed in Jesus, how much of your sin has been or will be forgiven? 
you have received every spiritual blessing in Christ. So your forgiveness covers everything. Your forgiveness covers all sins, past, present, and future. See, this is the spiritual blessing that God has given you in Christ. When you remember who you are, you are chosen by God. You are adopted by God. You are redeemed by God. You are forgiven by God. There is an opportunity to live your life differently. And then the last truth that we dig out of Ephesians 1, 3 through 10, is that we're led by God. See, God does all of this and says, this is who you are now so that you will follow me and so that I will lead your life and so you will live your life to honor me. God shows us. God adopted us. God redeemed us and God forgave us, not simply so that we could live for ourselves and do what we want and get out of jail free, so to speak, but he chose us. He adopted us. He redeemed us. He forgave us so that we would live our life following and obeying him. And this is the greatest news ever. Because I don't have to be perfect anymore. You know, that perfection gene that got woven into my life. As I've grown spiritually, and this is a new learning for me, friends. As I've grown spiritually, I've realized how that perfection gene played itself out and is still playing itself out in my life. I think I've got to be the perfect pastor for y'all, which I am, right? <laughs> Absolutely. We all agree. No. I've got to be the perfect dad. You know how hard it is to be the perfect dad? The only perfect dad is the guy that doesn't have kids yet. <laughs> I've got to be the perfect husband. See, my, my perfection gene made it such that if there was something wrong in my life, then everything was wrong in my life. And that'll lead to some really unhealthy, codependent relationships. That'll lead to some really unhealthy patterns where you try to perform to make other people happy. But what if instead of realizing that I don't have to be perfect anymore, Instead, I just have to live the life that God is leading me to live. I don't have to be perfect. I'm forgiven. I don't have to be perfect and try and earn God's favor. I've been adopted as a son. I don't have to be perfect. I am one who has been chosen by God, adopted by God, redeemed by God, forgiven by God. What's yours? How does the fact that you have been chosen, you have been Adopted. How is the fact that you have been redeemed and forgiven and are now being led by God, how does that reframe who you are? I'm no longer perfect, Mike. <laughs> like there ever was such a person. I'm now an imperfect man who has been chosen by God, adopted by God, redeemed by God, forgiven by God, and is now being led by God. So I don't have to be based on my past failure, but instead I can walk with him and find victory in life. What's yours? Say, dude, you are jacked up. You should get some counseling or something. Well, I know. I've been there a lot. Imagine me pre-counseling. We rethink who we are. Second, we rethink whose we are. 
when you understand not only who you are in Christ, but how committed God is to you, and that you are not only a new person, but you are God's new person, when you begin to realize who you are and whose you are, there is a foundation that you can build your lives on. On June 21st of this year, there's a movie that's coming out. It's the fourth installment of the story of Woody and Andy. You guys know the story, right? Woody is a pull-string cowboy toy. Andy is his owner. In the story of toys, and we're going to see version four coming real soon, the story of the toys reminds us of who we are and whose we are. Woody's a toy of great character, and he's a hero. But whose is he? He's Andy's. How do you know it? Because Andy signed off on Woody's foot. Say, Mike, are you really preaching on Toy Story right now? Yes, Pixar chapter 4. But I, I tell you this because it gives you a beautiful picture. And when you go see it, and you know you'll see it, when you see it, the story that began on VHS is going to be on the big screen in no time. And when you go to see it, I want you to remember who you are and whose you are. Because as we study the book of Ephesians together, God has signed off on your life and he says, you are mine. God has signed off on your life and he says, this is who you are and whose you are. You are mine. Listen to how Paul writes it. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. Now, God didn't sign our foot. What did he do instead? God didn't sign our boot. What did he do? He said he marked us with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Whose possession are you? You are God's possession. You're not the possession of any man or woman. You are God's possession. You're not possessed by your former way of thinking or your former way of life. You are God's possession. And you have been marked, you have been sealed by God so that you will never forget whose you are. When God gave you his Holy Spirit, he gave you his Holy Spirit so that no matter where you go or what you do, you would have the power to live a godly life. He gave you his Holy Spirit so that wherever you go and whatever you do, you will know you are his. One of the things is I was chasing perfection with my life and failing miserably. When I would fail miserably, my life would be marked with shame and with guilt. You know what God did once he gave me his Holy Spirit? He said, shame and guilt, you don't have to live by that anymore. Instead, live by your conviction. You need me to lead you. You need me to forgive you. You need me to redeem you. You needed me to adopt you. You needed me to choose you. So now live in that reality. You need me, Mike. Remember whose you are. 
If you chase perfection and fail, but you say yes to Jesus, you're right where you need to be. If your story is one that included guilt and shame in the past, condemnation from others, you need to hear that God is good and he has, he has sealed you. I almost said shielded you, but I don't know what that means. He has sealed you by the power of his Holy Spirit so that you would know whose you are. That next time you're convicted of your sin, you know what that reminds you? It reminds you that I'm a child of God. The next time you do what you used to do, and yet there's this, there's this conviction that, that comes up and says, I don't know that that's pleasing to God. You know what that reminds you? It reminds you that you are a child of God. You are not an illegitimate child. You are a 100% child of God. When you are convicted, it shows that you're God's kid. When you go out and you live life, and no matter where you are or what you're doing, and you know the Holy Spirit of God is with you, it reminds you and reinforces the truth that I am God's possession. As we keep reading, because of who we are and whose we are, I want you to fill in this last blank. We can rethink what's possible. If I think life is all about me and my power, what's possible? Not much besides failure. If I think that life is all about me and what I could do, what's possible? Not much change. I'm just going to reproduce the same problems of the past again and again and again and again. But when I know who I am, I'm chosen by God. I am adopted by God. I'm redeemed by God. I'm forgiven by God. I'm being led by God. When I know who I am, and I know whose I am. I'm a child of God who has the Holy Spirit of God, the very power of God alive in me. When I remember who I am and whose I am, I'm God's possession. I am his kid. I'm his son or his daughter. I can rethink what's possible. Friends, the reason I ask you to rethink life is because with God, there's so much more possible for you and for me. With God, there is hope, there is power. With God, things truly and will change in our lives. Let's rethink what's possible. And for those of you that are filling the blankers, I'm going to make sure and get these last three in for you. You know why? Because I love you that much. Rethink what's possible. In Christ, you have a new name. You can fill in that blank. You once were defined by who you were. When you heard the truth and believed, you became not who you were, but who you are in Christ. You became a Christian. You became a disciple. You are no longer known as who you were because you have a new name in Christ. And Andy wrote his name on Woody's boot. But you know what God did for you and for me when we believed? The Bible says that he put our name on his palm because we are his possession. That new name that God has given us is a name that's written on his palm. We are his possession. He's given us a new name. He's also given us a new power to live by. When the Bible says the Holy Spirit lives in you, 
It means that the literal spirit of God dwells in you. That God not only gave you salvation, not only gave you forgiveness, but gave you himself and the Holy Spirit lives in you. This is the power by which you live your lives as a believer in Jesus. I saw a meme this week over and over again. People must really like feel it. It says, I wish I could drop my body off at the gym and pick it up when it's done. <laughs> See, we, we want to outsource the hard work in our life. But what God has done is given us an inner source for his work. God says, don't outsource it. Trust the source I've put in you, the Holy Spirit of God. I have given you every spiritual blessing. See, this new power, it gives me so much hope. Because this new power in me says, if I'm not a perfect dad today, God has forgiven me and I can grow to be a better dad tomorrow. I don't have to think that my relationship with my kids is forever destroyed because I had one bad moment. By the way, if my kids were in the room right now, they would say, Dad, one bad moment would be a good dinner, right? You've had far more than one bad moment with us. Or in my marriage, if I have one bad season with my wife, if I think it's all about my ability and her ability for us to love each other and walk with each other in marriage, it's all about our power, our willpower and won't power. Friends, there's not a lot of hope there. But when I realize that God has given me a new power so that I can grow in godliness, and God has given her a new power, the Holy Spirit, so that she can grow in godliness, there's hope always. Because the Spirit of God is at work. In Ephesians 3.10, Paul says, I hope that you know God. I hope that you know hope. And I hope that you know his power. Because those three things will remind us of who we are and whose we are. Knowing God, knowing his hope, and knowing his power. The last thing that God has given us, and I will be done, is God has given us a new family. As you look at the book of Ephesians chapter 3, Paul says, I hope that you together with all the saints will know how deep and how wide, how long and how high the love of God is. Paul says to you and to me, I've given you a new name, I've given you a new power, and I've given you people to do life with so that you will know just how deep my love is. We all need people to remind us of who we are, and whose we are. We all need people who love God and love us. Paul said when he thought of the church in Ephesus that he was like blown away by their faith in God and by their love for each other. He said, I always thank God for this in you, your faith and your love. Friends, that's what God seeks for you and me to encourage each other in and to live in as a church today. That we would strengthen each other's faith and that we would love each other so that everyone knows how deep and how wide and how long and how high the love of God is for all of us. Apparently there's a meeting coming up and everybody's reminders are going off now. That's, that's a good one right there. It, look at that. Look at that. 
Right now, somebody's, somebody whose old tape is like not being included, they're all like bitter, right? <laughs> I didn't get invited. Anyway, you can come. You can come. You're welcome. You're welcome. So as Paul wraps it up and as I wrap it up, listen to the words that he leaves us with in Ephesians 3, 20 through 21. Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. See, the, the distance between hearing this message and living this message is the distance between your head and your heart. Today I'm praying that this talk, who you are and whose you are, will hit you in the heart so that you will rethink what's possible with God. Church, would you have the boldness, believer in Christ, to pray that God would do immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine? Based on who you are and whose you are, would you trust God in your point of greatest need? Would you trust God in your point of greatest disobedience even? So that you would pray, God, do immeasurably more than I could ever ask or imagine, even in this area. Would you pray that God's power would be at work in you and actually believe that God's power is able to accomplish what God desires to accomplish in your life, which is anything? Would you believe that God can get glory through your life, every aspect of your life, as imperfect as your life might be? God is able and God is willing to work in you. So friends, remember this week who you are and whose you are. And remember, all things are possible with God. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the chance to open our Bibles and to learn and grow and to be challenged today. And God, I pray that you would help us to live the message that we've learned. Help us to live based on who we are and not who we were. Help us to live based on whose we are. We are yours as sons or daughters. Church, as you pray, thank God that he chose you to be holy. Church, as you pray, thank God that he predestined to adopt you as a son or a daughter. Church, as you pray, thank God that he redeemed you, not based on your good work, but based on his perfect work on the cross. Church, thank God that he forgave you, not based on what you could do, but based on his grace. Church, thank him that he leads you and gives you the power to live a godly life and have hope in every aspect of life. As the church prays, if you've never believed in Jesus for life, I encourage you to make today your day. You've heard it. The Bible says that when you hear the truth and you believe, you become a son or a daughter of God. If today's your day to believe, you can mark it with a prayer. You can pray. Jesus, I believe. I believe that I'm a sinner who needs a Savior and that you are the Savior of the world. Thank you for coming for me, for dying in my place and being raised again from the dead. Today, I believe. Thank you for giving me life.